Joined now by Patrick Kinahan and Jake Scott as the Jazz finished the road trip three and two. And Ron Boone, my take on this one is lots of positives, energy, juice. But at the same time, two sequences of the game, which I think is what cost the Jazz the game and fatigue, that revealed all of their weaknesses. So... Rudy Gobert off the floor, Hassan Whiteside defending, and the Mavericks end up with three straight threes where Whiteside just is not good. It's not Whiteside's fault. He's just, there aren't many bigs in the league that can come out and guard at 25 feet. And then the sequence late where the Jazz really were doing everything they could down eight, but Gobert gets pulled toward Lucas, so Powell gets a dunk, and then the next play they change it a little bit, and they swing to the corner, but they get the offensive rebound because Gobert's not down low. Like, those are the problems we've had, and Dallas is good enough to expose them. And both those two sequences, to me, are the the, the items, you know, you, you, we're not perfect. No team in the league is. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. But those are, you know, that's what costs us the game tonight, along with, I think, being tired. I think we ran out of gas a few times. But it's just, you know, and Luke is great. They're, you know, they're, they're super. But those are issues we've had for a long time. Yeah, I also want to throw in another play there because I think the Jazz were down eight and Rudy Gobert kind of throws the ball away yep. and Luca comes up with it. Then they get two three-point field goals, I think, after that and took it right back up to 13, 13 points to a 13-point lead. Jake Scott, Patrick Kinahan, join us. PK, how are you? I'm doing well. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm just a little disappointed as a Pac-12 guy. You did not know that Drew Eubanks played at Oregon State, C.J. LB played at Washington State, and Brandon Williams played at Arizona for the Portland Trail Blazers. So I didn't know that it was Brandon Williams. I did know it was C. LB at Washington State, and I did know it was Drew Eubanks. I did not include him out of Oregon State. He was actually born in the state of Oregon, originally played with San Antonio, and I had to call it a summer league game, so I certainly know who he is. How's that? How's that? <laughs> The other Blazers, I got no clue outside of Josh Hart. <laughs> Keon Johnson's one of my favorites out of the draft. He's about three for 18 tonight, really making me look good. Yeah, I think what you said there, I think, Ron, you know, that, that one point you made with the uh, Luka deflecting the ball of Donovan Mitchell's fingertips. The Jazz had a little momentum, and they challenged it, and it did go off his fingertips, as we saw. And then they yeah. certainly they had a three right there at the corner. It seemed like every time the Jazz needed to stop, where they got a little bit momentum, the Mavericks managed to score and give themselves some more breathing room. The interesting one to me on this is, so our Achilles heel now is defense, which, like, statistically I got, right? We're number one in the league offensively. We're number 10 in the league defensively. But it's just weird that that's the case, and that has been the case now. You know, we couldn't stop Denver in the bubble, and we couldn't stop the Clippers in the second half of that series. And that is, I think, you know, Sorry, at least for me personally, I think of us for so long as this like elite defensive team, and we made this adjustment, the correct one, frankly, three years ago, where we, we tr- moved all our players from defensive players to offensive players, and we're the number one offense in the league because of it. But it's, well, what Quinn has been working on all year long is trying to figure out how to defend, and, you know, game 60-whatever tonight, I saw things that are signs that the answer hasn't happened yet. Yeah, game 64. Yeah. So, so David, in, in the case of tonight, you know, you guys talked about a couple of plays in the timely scoring from Dallas, but 
you know, you hold the map to 111 points, you'd probably give yourself a pretty decent chance to win, though, you think? Yeah, I mean, their offensive rating tonight's a 119. That was a really slow-paced game. There was yeah. almost no fast break, so I would actually maybe quibble there. I mean, their, their offensive metric is, you know, would make them the best team in the league tonight, which is what they've been, frankly. Well, you, you maybe, said it toward... Maybe not surprising, right? We're on the fifth game of a road trip. Yeah. Our defense is slightly above average now. They've been about as good an offense as the best offense in the league is us at 117. They had a 119 tonight. We're probably a little below average considering we're tired. So, yeah, like that's not surprising. We mm. probably played right to the level that we could have, but that's, you know, that's who we are right now. So, hey, they, you know, so, so a half-court game and you're giving up 111 points you know, without any chance, that, that is a lot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, they only had 11 fast break points. Here's the crazy one, though. This is what the killer is. They only had 32 points in the paint tonight. Like, and if you wow. go look at Luka's 23 shots, 11 threes is too many, and a bunch of them kind of came late, and a few of them came in weird circumstances. But I think Luka did. I'm not sure Luka took a shot at the rim in the second half of the night. I think Luka went 2 for 4 from the at the rim all night and didn't take one in the second half. Like, if you're denying him the rim, he only had... Mm. He ended up with seven free throws. I mean, by the end of the night, he, he, that's what great players do. But, you know, I think he was two of four in the paint all night long. That's it. He took like a that's... shot. He took a shot at Donovan's face there. Yes, he did. Um, you know, so he goes five of eight on long twos. He goes five of 11 on threes. You can't allow him to have 11 threes. We kind of broke down a little bit on that. But a lot, some of that was on white side. Some of that was late stuff. You know, you got to keep him up. But I'm not sure you had a bad defensive game on Luka Doncic, and he had 35 is my point. That's incredible. Hmm. Well, Dallas is tough. I, I thought you put it well at the end of the broadcast there, David, and PK talked a bunch about it in the pregame show. Spencer Dinwiddie, very, what, an, what a nice addition. I mean, just it complimentary. And, and you mentioned the consistency. I mean, he's, he's, he's going to be a really good fit on this club. Yeah, that, that makes Vinny Smith equally yeah. Yeah, then he slide a guy like Finney Smith, and he can be the third or fourth player. He used to be before Dinwiddie that the, the way the Jazz defended the Mavericks, it would be Rudy Gobert guarding Finney Smith. Right. Mm -hmm. But now Finney Smith shooting 50% from, from the three. three, so they can't do that anymore. Yeah, Mavericks 7-1, yeah. and one, I think, since they picked up Dinwiddie. By the way, Greg Popovich has now tied Don Nelson for the most wins as a head coach in the history of the NBA. They will play the Toronto Raptors on Wednesday at home. And if they do not win that game, Greg Popovich will be going for the record against the Utah Jazz on Friday. Hmm. Interesting. Seems kind of appropriate. I mean, certainly go way back uh, with uh, Popovich, some classic matchups. And he and Sloan and yeah. him talking about building the franchise in honor, kind of in the model of the Jazz. So that storyline would be rebuilt um, as well. Be interesting oh, to see. Cool. All right, guys. Well, I'm sure you're exhausted. It's been a long roadie for you as well. So travel safe. You're driving back or you're flying? Uh, we'll take a bus. <laughs> Bussing it? That'd be a long one. We'll take a bus tomorrow. An air bus, but a bus. Uh, bus to the airport. Exactly. Yeah, bus to the airport tomorrow. We'll come home tomorrow. All right, guys, well, we'll see you see here. You. All right. 111, 103 is your final jazz fall to the Mavericks. PK and I break it down coming up next on the Jazz Radio Network.
Jazz game night post game show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, Patrick Kinahan filling in for Coach Tim Lacombe tonight. The Jazz fall to the Mavericks 111 103 in Dallas. They finished their five game road trip. Uh, three and two PK. This was uh, this was an interesting game for sure. The Jazz uh, looked tired, looked like they were at the end of the road trip, but you know fought hard and tried to reel it in there at the end. Just couldn't quite uh, get over the hump. No, they could not. The Mavericks built that lead early and then basically just held onto it. I don't think it ever got down below eight. The Jazz made a couple of runs because it was at twenty, and the Mavs they just had it going on. Doncic. That's what I'm talking about. When you got a top five player in the league, we talked about it in the pregame. You know, I don't want to go Kevin Garnett with anything as possible, but certainly during the regular season, I don't know if you can do it for four times or 16 times that you would need to get the title or four to win the series. But any given game, you can do it when he's playing like that because it just elevates everybody else. And I've, I've been so high on Dinwiddie. Granted, Pac-12 player out of Colorado, so I'm biased, but I think he just gives them exactly what they need there, and you saw it. And then you get somebody like Finney Smith having a nice game, and there you go. And the Jazz, Conley, didn't give him anything. He was an absolute no-show, basically. He didn't play last night, and he didn't show up tonight, and that really hurt. And then I thought that, you know, Mitchell didn't have a good shooting night either. And then Trent Forrest, it didn't seem like, okay, you're getting minutes in some other games, but in the big game that... Quinn Snyder was very reluctant to use him and went with the guard line of uh, Jordan Clarkson to close the game uh, along with Mitchell. So guys that they needed to counteract the Dinwiddies and Finney Smiths of the world, the Jazz didn't have it. No, they didn't. I think you make a terrific point. And when Conley and Mitchell struggle and you have, uh, you know, those are two of your most important guys, obviously. I mean, it's going to be a difficult night. And Clarkson played well, but the rest of the bench, you didn't get a whole lot out of uh, there either, PK. And Bogdanovich had another nice night. He had 21 on 7-11 shooting. Royce is playing really great, but you need a little bit more from your your marquee guys. Yeah, and with uh, with Joe gone now, uh, your your bench basically becomes Jordan Clarkson and then Hope. Yeah, a little bit. It, it it certainly does. And when you get nothing out of, out of Trent Forrest, that is particularly true. You know, for Dallas, I, I thought they made Luka work for it. Um, I thought Doncic had an extra kind of chip on his shoulder, probably that whole uh, Rudy defending him stuff that we talked about in the pregame show. You know, he, he had some just horrific flops. He had that, uh, you know, shot that uh, he got Donovan Mitchell uh, there in the fourth quarter. Um, I just... I, I don't know. He had a great line, of course, 35, 16, and 7, and he's he's a great player. But uh, I thought the Jazz made him work. I mean, I don't think it was easy by any means. No, but he, he was sensational. There, there was no doubt about it across the board. And I think that you make you make an excellent point. The Mavs were really up for this game. The advantage was for them not having played last night, sitting there at home, and then the Jazz have to come down from OKC. It's about a five-hour drive shorter flight obviously and you know back to back and and give the thunder credit as they extended the jazz to the jazz had to play big minutes essentially they couldn't take the fourth quarter off it wasn't that big of a blowout and so then what you had is that the Mavs know home court's on the line here and we're only a game and a half or two games back we can pull within a game game or half a game and that's a big big deal to them and you saw that I think at one point I counted there were like six Mavericks standing up while the ball was in play, and they were just demonstrative. I'm talking guys on the bench, and it just seemed like, all right, we know this is a big game. 
We're at home. We've got to win this. We've got to show these guys because they beat us last week. And, well, a little longer than last week, uh, two Fridays ago. So they had the edge, and you got to give them credit. Uh, we'll see what happens if, right now, it's likely that they meet in the postseason. Uh, I, I would be very much interested in that series to see oh, what yeah. they can do. Because Dallas, when they got it going on, you can say that about several teams, but when they got it going on, they're a fine team. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It would make for uh, for an incredibly entertaining uh, uh, playoff matchup. I, I totally agree with like that. like in the first round to yep. have a uh, central time zone team. <laughs> now you're thinking, buddy. <laughs> now you're thinking thinking of me, and I appreciate that. All right, 111 to 103 is your final. Jazz fall tonight in Dallas. Uh, with that, we'll say goodnight to our network stations. Our next broadcast is coming your way Wednesday night. Jazz will take on the Portland Trailblazers. Late tip, 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 7. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll have uh, Coach Snyder. We'll have Player Sound as well. Straight ahead, Jazz Game Night post-game show kicks off next on the Jazz Radio Network. Three. The clock is at zero, and another Utah Jazz game is in the books. This is the Jazz Post Game Show. Ingles underhand scoop to Conley. Back out to Joe. Fires the three. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Donovan skies and hammers. Now with the recap of tonight's game, here's Jake Scott and Tim LaCole. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show on the Jazz Radio Network brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru featuring the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. Jazz fall tonight, 111 to 103 to the Dallas Mavericks. Jake Scott, Patrick Kinahan, nice enough to sit in tonight for Coach to come. I mentioned this, PK, when, when Coach has to miss, we bring out the big guns. And, of course, you're nice because it's not like you have something to do tomorrow morning. I'll be all right. I'm fine. <laughs> no, you're the best. We we really appreciate it. Uh, tough game, tough loss for the Jazz uh, tonight to Dallas. Uh, the Jazz were led by Bogdanovich, who had 21 points on 7 of 11 shooting. Jordan Clarkson with 19 off the bench. Donovan with 17. Royce O'Neal, 13. Rudy Gobert had 12 and 13 uh, rebounds, three blocks as well, a double-double for Rudy. But uh, Dallas gets 35 from Luka Doncic, 16 rebounds, seven assists. And uh, PK, Spencer Dinwiddie, great fit for this club. He had a nice night, 23 points, 7 of 15, shooting 5 of 9 from 3. And then Dorian Finney-Smith, who's a fine player with uh, with 21. Uh, Dallas has – they've got a nice squad to surround Luka with. I think they do. They've got some nice role players that they – can fill in what they need them to do, hit some shots, play some defense, provide some energy. And if Luca's on, that's going to be really tough. You look at it, I forget what it was uh, the two Fridays ago, but I think his shot was a little bit off. It wasn't a little bit off tonight. And so that just relieves so much pressure because if your star is on, then you don't really need guys to go big. You just need them to do what they can do. And Finney Smith and Dinwiddie are capable of doing that. And you look at the Jazz – well, with Donovan Mitchell only having 17, you got to have some other guys step up, uh, namely uh, Conley, and Conley just didn't have it. And it was one of seven, only played 26 minutes. Uh, I don't know what was the deal there. If it's just a bad game, what have you. I'm not going to bury him big time, but he didn't contribute enough as a role player, as a vital role player, whereas the role players, the vital role players for Dallas did. They did. Uh, Donovan, you're right, did not shoot the ball. Terrific. Uh, 5 of 19, 2 of 9 from 3. We've seen uh, better out of Donovan, certainly. But did have another game with a high assist number. 
He had uh, 10 last night, PK. He had a nine assist tonight, and that depends on teammates making shots, and I, I get it. The assist is a little bit more of a complicated number than it used to be, but you know, when it comes to this is we've been hearing kind of the cliche when it comes to Donovan for a few years now, making his reads, you like to see those numbers because, uh, you know, Donovan gets in the lane. He's got that gravity where teams are going to double and triple team him. And if he can find the open guy, I think that's a huge, that's a, that's a huge positive. If he can, you know, be good at that. Yeah. He has to, because the dynamic of the team now has changed, right? Joe's gone. Now he was going to be gone either way because he had the injury, but he could give you five to seven assists and nobody's going to bat an eyelash, right? Well, where are you going to get those assists that he would give you? You're not going to get them from Clarkson. He had zero. Well, that's no surprise. He's in there to shoot, right? Trent Forrest clearly thought Quinn Snyder didn't think Trent Forrest was up to the moment. It wasn't a bad team, and he only got eight points. I mean, eight minutes, and he gets one assist. Conley can give you a little, but he's not, probably not going to give you close to seven, eight, nine, ten. So where are they going to come from? They logically have to come from Mitchell because Mitchell now doesn't have a guy that can take the pressure off as far as passing the ball in the manner that Joe did. So he's going to have to pick up the slack, and he has so far. Uh, the, the fact that he had nine that was good enough on a night in which the team is only shooting 43% from the field. I, you're, you're right about uh, pointing out the Joe Ingles thing. A lot of people uh, think about, oh, they're going to really miss Joe's shooting. But really, he was the team's backup point guard. Right. And they didn't, you know, replace that role when they made the trade for Alexander Walker, obviously. No, no they and didn't so, at all because yeah. you're taking Trent Forrest, who was getting a smattering of minutes, and now he's being counted on. I mean, he started yep. last night. That's how far up the depth chart he's moved. Yep. So underrated uh, part of the loss of Joe Ingles. I totally agree with you. And you're right. Donovan's probably the one who's got to pick up that slack. I, I think it's very astute observation by you. Let's uh, let's get to uh, Coach Snyder. Uh, let's go back to Dallas and hear uh, Coach Quinn Snyder's postgame. Yeah. Well, is there something in particular about this Dallas team that, from your vantage point, it impacts what Mike is able to do or how he's able to finish with the blank? You know, I, I, I don't necessarily, I, I think it's, it's us, you know, as a group. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, there, there's no, there's no, he didn't play well. He didn't play well. He didn't play well. It, it's us. And, you know, we know how we want to play. Um, they did a really good job defensively. You know, they, 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 they're aggressive. Um, they're able to, to be able to switch. You know, Powell's able to be up at the point of the ball. They get under our bigs. There's, there's some things that, you know, particularly early that they're able to take away. And I didn't think, you know, I mentioned it again, I didn't think we were spaced early. And, you know, that makes it hard when guys get in the paint. Um, when they're looking for people. But, I, I mean, to me, the story of this game, frankly, is we're down 20 on the road. And that's – you don't you don't see that um, as far as we – you know, what we did to come back and get, get you know, right there. Um, or it was a couple possession games. So, um, our team, you know, we're – you know, I, I don't think we've played as well as we can in, in – you know, we've had some good games. We've played some good stretches, um, but we haven't hit a stride yet. 
And I think games like this are opportunities for us to see that and continue to grind. And that's what we did in this game. And that's what we need to continue doing this season. I think we were, we were, we made decisions quicker. You know, Luca's able to kind of keep you in limbo. Um, where do you switch? Do you fall back to the big? And, you know, he's so big when you pull in, he, he just is able to find everybody. Um, I thought we did a better job of making those decisions early. Um, you know, where, where we took some things away, you know, and then obviously he's, you know, he's got such control with his size that he starts to back out and he attacks you a different way. Um, you know, but I, I thought our communication was better defensively and they're a unique team as far as, you know, having somebody that can roll to the rim the way Powell does. And, you know, he's able to hit wraparounds even when you, you know, you play it well. Um, you know, then you got Colbert popping. So there's some versatility in the way they play. Um, and then have shooting. So, uh, you know, if you look at the final score, you know, with the exception of some free throws late, that, that's that's a pretty good defensive game. Um you know, not perfect, you know, not, we want to be better, um, you know, but I thought we competed and worked, put ourselves in position. You know, we never quite got over the hump where it was, you know, it was more than a two possession game, but, you know, there, there was, we competed the whole time. There, you know, that, I guess, not the bridge lineup, the kind of bench lineup that go bare for many minutes. Mm-hmm. Now it's playing with Daniel Houser with Joe Ingles. They're just kind of different guys in that group. And kind of what's the process of getting those guys play together and kind of be able to play together? Yeah, it hasn't. That, that lineup has been different this year than it has been last year. I think it's important to acknowledge that regardless of whether it's Joe. I mean, Daniel's given us a defensive effort in that group that's unique. You know, a team like Dallas, they, they're very physical with their rollers. You know, they don't allow um, – you know, Rudy to get to the rim to the point where, you know, that that's how they play us. And um, I think what it requires of us is to, you know, at times to get off the ball sooner and continue to move the ball because they do, they do shift so well and they are pulled in, um, you know, so to expect, you know, that group to have a stride right now, when you know it's a it's a group that hasn't played together for very long um whereas that group for a long period of time um you know had been together but i think we've got a a guy in daniel that can knock down threes and and can really defend the ball so um that that helps us and to the extent that you know, other guys can adjust some. It means the ball's in Mike's hands more. It means the ball's in JC hands more. You know, Rudy's still out there. Um, but they, you know, credit Dallas and the job they did defensively. Um, you know, people are, you know, people game plan and, you know, they, they don't just game plan for your starters. They game plan for, you know, throughout the game. A long road trip. What, is, what are your kind of takeaways following this trip? Well, we obviously, you know, we played a team in New Orleans where you know, we weren't by any means at our best. And I think they played at a very, very high level. Um, you know, Houston's Houston, Houston's beating people, you know, and I, I thought for us to be able to um, to be ahead and, and again, to, to be able to close that game out in overtime, um, 
you know, I thought that both those games, the Phoenix game was a different game. Um, you know, a very solid win last night, you know, against a team that, um, you know, is elite at driving the ball. They drive the ball more than anybody in the league. Um, I thought we, we ground that one out and did what we needed to do. And, you know, this is a team tonight that we played recently and beat. And they were obviously ready to play. I think we were ready to play. I mean, that was a very, that was a grinded out game, you know, on a lot of levels. So, as I said, I, I think, you know, I'm not, we're, we're, we're evaluating um, everything to the extent that that can help us improve. Um, you know, we've still got to continue to understand that, you know, offensively different things are going to be there at different times. And, you know, making those decisions, making them quickly, I think we get better at that as the game goes along and we're learning. You know, I know it sounds crazy to say that we're, we're in March, um, but because of the way this season's gone, you know, I, th I think this team, you know, if we keep grinding and we stay together, we'll keep getting better. There's Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder, his post game, uh, his post game comments, PK. And um, he, he was uh, complimentary of his team's resolve. Uh, thought his team came to play, fought back from being down 20. Um, I didn't get the the impression he's, you know, satisfied with the loss or anything, but uh, I thought that was interesting. He, he, he seemed happy with how they showed up, even though they didn't get the win. The thing that struck me is he's talking about how this team hasn't played as well as it's capable have of, of playing and that they're still pushing, uh, looking forward to that time when it's here and it's go time, ultimately. I mean, we're getting close to it. We're not there yet, obviously. Uh, we're getting closer with each passing game. We're getting real close here in a couple of weeks. But there's still room for development, and that's what they need to do. So I wouldn't go crazy in this situation here. A somewhat, not entirely, but somewhat of a scheduled loss. Those things happen. You're probably going to have uh, close to 15 of them season, basically, where you look at the schedule and think, okay, this is going to be tough, especially when the star player is going off like that and, and they were all excited to play that game. But, uh, you know, everything is going to even out in time and then where you are. And he's talking about being March, but the, still, the team can still grow and get better. And the reality is if that's what you want to have, in terms of playoff success, you're going to have to grow and get better. There's just no question about it. You just you have to, right? If if you want to achieve what you want to achieve, you've got to do it. And we'll see at that time. Then you know I don't want to hear well we're growing and we're getting better in the postseason. That's too late. <laughs> but right now I can live with it because I still think the talent is there for this team as a collective to compete. And I did like what he said. You know, you want to point out individuals and you look at box scores and you can just see one of seven. But, you know, I've always believed that win is a team, loses a team type of thing. Uh, individuals know they need to play better, but I look more at the unit collectively to see what they do because I don't believe that one individual more than likely is going to be solely responsible for the win or, on the other side, the loss. Uh, let's, uh, we'll get to the players coming up right around the corner. Stay tuned. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique store to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. Your final, uh, the Jazz fall to the Mavericks tonight, 111 to 103. We'll have more straight ahead right here on the Jazz Radio Network.
Jazz game night post game show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott Patrick Kinahan in for Coach Lacombe tonight. Uh, post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru featuring the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. 111 and 103 is your final. The Jazz fall tonight in Dallas to the Mavericks. Let's check out the points in the paint brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1 800 Go Serta. Visit SertaPro.com. That's Serta with a C. Serta Pro Painters. Uh, proven and trusted experts in painting. This is a number, uh, PK, that jumped out to Locke as we were talking to him in crosstalk. Uh, tonight, the Jazz outscored the Mavs in the paint 46-32 to 32 and uh, did a much better job, particularly in the second half, keeping uh, Luca away from the rim. Yeah, they did not. I don't think that the Mavs have a traditional post player who can score consistently. I mean, Powell's decent, and he's got – he's lively. He can move. Uh, and so he gives them what what they need. So I'm a little bit surprised that it was that much of an advantage uh, from the Jazz perspective. I like Powell. I'm with you. Uh, I mean, he had 13 points tonight in 21 minutes, but but you're right. That's not necessarily his game. I mean, he can roll and get some there, but he's not, uh, you know, Embiid or, or even Rudy when it comes to that kind of physical presence. No, he reminds me of a little bit better and or taller, maybe a little bit more under control, Aaron Gordon. Okay. All right. I, I can see that comparison. And then you definitely have a different player in Kleba when he, when he comes in to give a different look and he didn't shoot the ball well tonight, but was still plus 16. So in 27 minutes, he had eight points on three of 11 shooting. He did grab uh, six rebounds as well. He's an so. old school foreign player. Those foreign guys used to just be soft outside shooters exclusively. Now they can do a lot of different things, but when they first started coming over, it seems like that's what they were just uh, shooters from distance. Not all of them. Guys like Detlef Shrimp obviously had a lot of skill, although he played college ball in the U.S., so that sort of takes that uh, theory away. What about the Duncan Dutchman, Rick Smiths? He was tough. Was he tough? Yeah. Again, he played ball in the U.S. Did he in college? Yeah. Was it Marist? No, I'm not sure. Yeah, you can look it up. M-A-R-I-S-T. He was a smaller school. Yeah, I think if you play in the U.S., you get an opportunity to toughen up a little bit. And now it it doesn't matter. No, um, so this is used to this was in the early days. Now the guys uh, playing overseas, it's a physical game, so they're not. My point is, they're not one trick ponies anymore. Right, right. All right, let's uh, let's get some post game player sound going. Uh, PK, let's go back to Dallas. It's time to hear from Donovan Mitchell. When you guys have some issues. And that's like the part particularly when press is switching. You know, what are some of the remedies that that's going to be so to kind of get out of that, kind of get over it? Well, he's got to be aggressive. You know, they came out as the aggressor and, you know, from the jump. And, you know, when they're being aggressive on those switches, finding ways to make pinpoint passes, not driving to a crowd and, you know, finish to contact, you know, playing – just a bunch of things, you know, like teams are going to be aggressive and we just got to fight through it and play through it. We're not going to get certain fouls. And, you know, that's the biggest thing. Just find ways to honestly just be aggressive back. Um, like, you know, we we came back from down 20, which is good and it's nice and all, but, you know, you just got to, teams are going to go and be that aggressive with us. We got to be able to do the same back for the full 48. Luka has success that he added a big role like did in the quarter. What do you guys want to do better there? And what did you guys do better, you know, later? Well, I mean, I think in the second quarter we did the job. You know, he had 16 in the first and we had two in the second, you know, but then they they just got to the switches and started attacking that. But, 
you know, communication. Maybe we blitz him earlier, took Evans hands, but you gotta give you got you know, give him credit, hit shots over our five men, you know, but when we're on rotations, we gotta, you know, get to the guys, we gotta get all get rebounds, you know, like the little things, you know, because those extra possessions give them life and they refer to the ball in a lot of different areas. So um yeah, they, they, they did a good job and we just gotta we just gotta be better in that area. Like you guys started your run in that in that late after uh, Lucas kind of flopped on Ruby. Um, was that just a coincidence, or did that kind of spark you guys? Um, I was in the back when he, when that happened. Um, I don't I don't think it was anything. I think we just you know just found a way to just continue to, to push and, and not give up. Was there a reason that you were in the back? I always go back there. Yeah. Um, I, I know that you know getting down twenty. There's like a lot of things that lead to that. A lot of things mm-hmm. like that change. But when you look at that late possession where you lost. Which one? Oh, when I Lucas stole it? Yeah. Yeah. Is that, is that a play where like you're going to be thinking about that one for a while, even though they're... No, I mean, he hadn't. I mean, he, he read it read it right. He guessed right. You know, I'd, we'd been running the same play. You know, maybe if I make it over the head pass, you know, I, I I like the look. You know, he just he got his hand on it, and credit to him. But, you know, I'm not going to, you know, be dwelling over that one. You know, I, I think there's a bunch of others that we as a group, especially myself, can look at and say, okay, we can be better here. But... That one, you know, in particular, he, you know, I, I think he just guessed right and put his hand there, you know, and, you know, if it make a better pass, maybe we finish, maybe we don't, but I'm not going to put too much weight on that one, you know, specific possession because there's, there's others that, you know, we could have done better and could have got better looks or could have boxed out or could have closed out on defense. So those are the ones I'm going to look at and, you know, kind of figure out. Got to, um, and they're no, they're no sleeper games either. You know, Anthony Simons is playing really, really well, really well. Um, he's leading those guys. Um, then you got San Antonio, DeJounte is an all-star. Then you got Sacramento, you got Fox and, and Sabonis. So it's not like, you know, we, we're walking in and it's going to be a cakewalk. Those guys, those teams are ready to go and locked in and they're not going to feel sorry because we had a nine-game road trip and we're, you know, whatever. You know, we got to be, be ready once we get back home and, and get to it and get back on the road. Yeah, you might see him, you know, but I think this kind of felt like that, you know, go up 2-0 in a sense, and then they come back and, and counter and take care of home court. So now it's how do we respond on the 27th, um, you know, but, you know, we'll look at the film and we'll figure out ways. And they did a lot of things differently tonight than they did the first two games. In the first game, they didn't have, you know, their guys or whatever. So they did a lot of things differently tonight than they did uh, uh, the first, the second time we played them. So we'll adjust and we'll get better. We got one on Zoom, Eric Walden. Hey, Don. So uh, Quinn said that one of the things that this Jazz team still needs to do and still needs to work on is to learn that different things are available offensively at different times and, and kind of getting better at adjusting to that. You mentioned that this is a team that's still learning, even though, here in the March, can you kind of just expound on what he meant by that? What that means to you? Um, I think you know, understanding spacing, understanding you know what plays to run, you know, understanding how to get to certain spots, where to put the ball on the floor. Like when I say that, I mean where you're at, you know, higher up on the floor. So if they black, you have more room to get downhill uh, or switch. Sorry, if they get get, um, get room to go downhill. 
you know, maybe if the big may may be open, but then the corners open, which we found late, you know, but then I found Rudy on high pass. And I think the biggest thing is, you know, being able to just find different situations throughout the course of the game because they were different looks. Sometimes they were back, sometimes they were up. Um, and that's going to be that's going to be a playoff series. You know, they're going to change their looks and we just got to find ways as a group because we're a group that relies more than most teams on connectivity. You know, so if one of us doesn't do it properly, it kind of affects everything. You know what I mean? And I think for us, you know, it's, it's different on different teams. Teams can isolate, you know, if the guy's not in the right spot, then, you know, it's, it's different. So for us, we all got to be connected. You know, we got to make sure we're in the right spots and doing the right things at the right time. You know, we're all clicking. So um, I think that's what he means. You know, we're, we're, we're still building. We're still going. But, you know, you like to build and also win a game like this. There's Donovan Mitchell. He had 17 points tonight, nine assists, four boards, five of 19 shooting, two of nine from three. And I thought what he said there at the end was extraordinarily important, PK. This Jazz team needs to beat teams as a team, playing their role, doing the right things, being in the right place. It's, it's just critical. Yeah, yeah, it goes to what I said, that as far as winning and losing as a team, and that's what they're built on. Yep. And especially now more than ever, you know, they're, they're going to need players to do what they're capable of doing. Uh, because it seems like they're, right now, you know, they're a little thin. They're just, uh, you know, Rudy Gay is not really played the way I think they anticipated. And now, you know, last year they had the sixth and the seventh man of the year, essentially, since they were first and second in the yeah. voting. Well, now one of those guys is gone, and you haven't really replaced him. You brought in somebody, but he just sits the bench uh, as far as that goes. And so just seems that you don't have as much collective talent, which means in a kind of a roundabout way, collectively, the group is going to have to make up for not being as collectively good, if that makes any sense. Uh, let's get to the master glass tonight, brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert, back for another year, uh, year of basketball. The preferred, happy to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound program at the end of the regular season. Safe Light will donate $5 to a charitable organization for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. As usual, your Master of the Glass tonight, Rudy Gobert who had 13 boards, three of which were offensive uh, to go along with his 12 points and three block shots. Surprised Rudy only got five shots tonight, PK? He was three for five. Yeah, I didn't think that that was there to have him at the rim. And then there's, there's sometimes a little bit, you know, I think they're reluctant to throw him the ball in certain situations because outside of the lob going to the rim, you know, he doesn't really have a move. What can he count on? And, you know, he, he had one. I know he got the ball down low. He started dribbling. And where's he going to go? Is he going to go left? Is he going to go right? I'm not sure he knows. I'm not sure if he's totally comfortable with that as far as that goes. So, in a sense, if he's not getting the ball from his teammates at the rim, it's really hard for him to create any type of individual offense. Yeah, I I agree with you. He's, he's always been that way. It's been an issue with his game. He's defended, dependent on others to to help create him shots. And I think he's got better at it, PK. But it's certainly, I think you make a good point. It's it's certainly still an issue. Let's go back to Dallas. Uh, keep the postgame sound rolling. It's time now to hear from uh, Mike Conley. To pick up on things a little bit quicker and, um, you know, they're just different players. You know, D-House is different than Joe in a lot of ways. And um, Rudy Gay, obviously getting back in the swing of things. And, um, so, you know, we just have to figure it out as a group, as a unit, uh, cause normally that's a unit that we can go in and count on to, to, you know, put an imprint on the game in, in a positive way. 
you were obviously asked to do a lot in January without Donovan and stuff. Um, have you physically and mentally recovered from that? Um, yeah, I mean, mentally, yeah, for sure. Physically, I think it's, you know, everybody has bumps and bruises and, um, you know, we're all dealing with something. So, um, uh, nothing, nothing crazy, just going out there and just trying to find it, you know, find it and, and, um, you know, play the game I'm used to playing and just try to affect the game in a positive way. Like I know I can, and, um, just had a, you know, had a rough, uh, rough couple games. So. Spots. Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm starting to to, to areas I I want to get to. And I think a lot of those times I end up making a pass or trying to find somebody else. Um. But you know, I would like to get you know easy looks, easy shots. Everybody would, um, especially when you haven't seen a few go in. So um, I'm just gonna keep you know. Like I said, playing my game, picking rolls, you know, getting in the corners, knocking down shots when I get opportunities. But uh, for the most part, you know, I've been able to get to spots where, where I can be effective. He's so good at Dallas is so good at playing hype and roll bigs, kind of taking away that. What do you want to do kind of to, when they are playing high that you guys can't? Uh, well, I think just try to penetrate, try to get into the paint. Um, and look to to make plays. You know, I thought uh, in the third quarter um, we did a little bit better job of it. I was able to get in there a few times and find guys in the corners and you know get you know a couple passes down to our bigs. You know, just stuff like that is is what we have to do when they're playing higher up on the floor because uh, they don't want to let us shoot threes. And uh, obviously that's in the scouting report, so um, we have to adjust to that. And as guards, we have to to not just think you know offensive minded at that time, but to try to make plays for others and get into the paint and, um, you know, create, create foul opportunities or whatever we can do. What is it that you guys want to do at that point? How, how can you get, get over teams that are bad? I think, it becomes on us. Uh, we have to be individually. We have to be um, more precise with what we do. I mean, we call it feeding fakes when we get in there and jump stop and pump fake and just be more precise with what we do. I think we're getting to the point where we're trying to leave our feet and jump in the air and make plays or try to get a foul or um, things that uh, can result in, you know, an errant pass or a deflection or something like that when, if all we have to do is just get a guy up in the air by pump faking and then, you know, bouncing a ball to Rudy or, you know, somebody in the corner, um, we have to be more patient in that aspect. Um, but I think as a, as a whole, we all have to be better at that. There you go. That's uh, Mike Conley. Uh, and Mike uh, did not have one of his best games tonight, PK. 26 minutes, one of seven from the field. Uh, just three points, four assists, and three rebounds. But he said uh, right there that, uh, you know, everybody's kind of got bumps and bruises, and he just needs to play his game. Okay, yeah. Uh, he was a non-factor. And they're not going to win very much when he's a non-factor. Now more than ever, they need him. We saw him against Houston be a factor, and they won the game. And obviously Houston isn't as good as the Mavericks. But tonight he wasn't a non-factor. They've got to get back and get – Get him going, and I suspect that he will. 
Yeah, he's he's important. I mean, his his role on the team. Let's you know ignore the Mike Conley and his track record and how good he's been in his career. Well, you know they need him to be good here. That's he's vital yeah, to their success. Critical and and you know what uh, PK he's he's such a vet and he's been around and doing it. You know, hmm. you it's got to inspire some faith. But tonight was an example of of what can happen if if he's not. Right. Uh, on top of his game. He's not the most critical component, but he is vital. It reminds vital. me of, Great uh, of DJ in the morning show. <laughs> well, you know, certainly not Hatch this week. No, but if you want to know about women's hoop, we're your station. I didn't even get a laugh out of that. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Well, I never know what to laugh at. I don't know who's sensitive <laughs> and who isn't. So this way, if I don't laugh, then they can't blame it on me. Uh, he's not listening anyway. <laughs> Uh, the post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. Okay, the, that made me laugh. The My Subaru is campaign featuring real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. Jazz fall tonight to the Mavericks, 111 to 103. We'll get you more sound for the players coming up next. Stay tuned. It's Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night postgame show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, Patrick Kinahan, nice enough to sit in for Coach Lacombe tonight. Postgame is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some. Share your own. MySubaruIs.com. 111 to 103 is your final Jazz fall tonight in Dallas to the Mavericks. Let's check out your Chick-fil-A foul shot review of the game. Download a whole new way to Chick-fil-A. Earn rewards with the Chick-fil-A One app. Tonight, uh, PK, from the line, the Jazz were 19 of 24, 79%. Uh, Dallas was 16 of 20, 80%. Uh, Luca, by the way, had seven foul shots. He was six of seven. Well, the Jazz did a half-decent job. Maybe uh, let it slip there at the end a little bit with uh, keeping the Mavericks off the line. No, yeah, it was fine. Yeah, I think that if you're a road team, you'll take that most every night. Yep. You're shooting four more free throws. Donovan was five of seven from the, from the line. Missed a couple down the stretch, PK, that could have been... Uh, you know, will have helped them stay in the game, but probably wouldn't have been consequential. But after, I'm not surprised he missed the one after Luca got him in the face with that shot. That looked like something I, you know, I don't even know what a flagrant foul is anymore. But you get popped in the eye like that, a foul shot probably isn't the easiest thing to do right away. Flagrant fouls remind me of targeting in college football. Yeah, great point. You see it and you go, oh, that's it. And then they never give it to you. And then you see a little incidental contact. You think, no way. And then that's a flagrant somehow. Right. Yeah. And they eject you and you're not sure what's going on. And it's sort of the same thing here because it looked like he got punched in the face, but it didn't matter. (laughs) Well, it's supposed to be above the shoulders as an automatic review and intent doesn't really matter. So if you'd go by the book, I'd think that that would be a flagrant. But I mean... I, did they look at that one? I know they looked at several. I can't remember if they took they a closer look at that, look at that one. one. I don't know that they did look at that yeah. one. And I mean, I don't know that he did it on purpose, but your point is, like like targeting, how many times is targeting done on purpose? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. No, terrific point. And I, I thought initially, PK, correct me when I'm wrong. You you go back to the, the physical play of the 80s often. Didn't intent matter when it came to a flagrant back there? Didn't you have to? Yeah, intend yeah. some sort well, of yeah, yeah, yeah. But they've cleaned it up. I mean, with concussions and whatnot, we've progressed as as a world and all that stuff. So you know, get away from above the shoulder type of stuff. I understand all that, 
And, you know, at least in basketball, it's a point. It usually isn't an ejection. Right. And, you know, there's somewhat close to 200 or more than 200 points scored. So you could live with, all right, it didn't have the intent, but it still was above the shoulders. So, therefore, you're going to call on it. I can live with that. I thought that the referees did an excellent job with the gobert Doncic thing twice. Not yeah. once, but twice. Yeah. They didn't go crazy on it either time. No, they got it right. And and the flop was just egregious. And you, they, they showed a shot on TV, PK. I'm sure you saw it of him laughing when he was going to the bench because he knew it after they oh, reviewed it. Oh, the backwards it. flop. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that Gobert was just. wasn't even looking. <laughs> and then to be waving goodbye and saying, oh, this guy's out of here as he's walking away is well, just so you, laughable. You know what I find that the guys do? And this has been this way forever. You know, he's not doing that if they're on the road. But he's got the crowd on his side, so let's see if you can sway them. It used to be you could sway them. DJ and I used to laugh before they would go to Secaucus, which I have been to because it's not too far from where I grew up uh, in New Jersey, that any time the refs would huddle before they went to to Secaucus, I always say that they would huddle, and then a referee would break from the huddle and just point vehemently in favor of the home team. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and the crowd would go nuts. Nobody likes getting booed. <laughs> Nobody exactly. actually enjoys that. Maybe you, PK, but anybody anybody else, I don't know. Nobody likes getting booed, right? Yeah, so you've got that going on there. Now they review it and all, and and so it's more uh, taking the emotion out of it, and that's what you got there. All right, let's get uh, back to Dallas. It's now time to hear from Rudy Gobert. Last time that you played them, too, are you thinking that this could potentially be what you have to face in that first round of playoffs. Oh, maybe, yeah, I think when you look at the rankings, obviously it's definitely one of the teams from the highest probability uh, that we face in the playoffs. So, you know, we know that we're going to face a good, good basketball team, regardless of uh, how those last 20 games go. So, for us, it's really uh, to game better. Getting better every night, and uh, yeah, you know, building our habits, uh, just just stick together. How would you assess the Detroit? You know, three and two, big win in Phoenix, um, the loss in New Orleans. I mean, how would you assess the trip overall? I mean, uh, as long as you keep the right mindset, I think obviously we want to win every night, but. Um, you know, I think we, we've learned a lot on this trip. I think we, you know, we've seen a lot of different things, a lot of different lineups. Even the Houston game was a great learning experience for us. So uh, it's really, once again, keep, keep the right mindset. You know, keep, keep, try to stay healthy mentally and, and, and physically. And, uh, and then stick together. And, and you know, I think uh, we got a great opportunity for those last uh, for this, this end of regular season. So let's keep using every game to keep getting better and uh, and then get ready for the playoffs. From your perspective, what happened at the end of the first half? Uh, why the emotions run kind of I didn't. <laughs> I didn't really see. Uh, I saw it on video, but I mean, just uh, emotions, just basketball. You know, it's. Uh, European, we play with a lot of emotions sometimes. So, uh, just part of the game, you know. Uh, I think the officials gotta be able to 
check on, on, on both sides and you know, make sure that um, no lines are being crossed, whether it's uh, verbally or uh, with the actions. And, uh, and yeah, you know, there was a lot of things uh, being said out there. So at some point, you know, it's, it's uh, we men too, so it's, uh, you know, you just gotta, for me, my, my thing is I gotta, you know, I gotta keep my mind uh, in the right place because uh, my team needs me in the game. And uh, at the same time, it's like when you got guys on the bench, uh, you know, that don't play, that just keep talking and saying some, some stuff. And the officials I can hear and they don't do anything. As a man, it's like you, like, is it worth being suspended? Or, you know, and we shouldn't have to ask ourselves that question. So I think they just got to do a better job keeping that in check because it's, it's, it's actions, but the, the words, uh, you know, the words have carry weight. So if someone is disrespecting you, um, you know, like, at some point, like as men, we gotta ask ourselves, you know, uh, stay on the court and then not, you know, uh, penalize our team or do we wanna stand up for ourselves? And yeah, I usually take the first option. Thank you. What were you kind of thinking when Luca tried to do the flop and tried to kind of get yeah? I mean, uh, I kind of knew, I mean, he, he whispered something in my ear and, uh, <laughs> And try to bite me into getting mad, but I knew I knew what he's trying to do, so I just tried to run back on, on offense, and it was there in my way, so it kind of tripped. And I mean, it's just you know, it's just uh, I guess it's, it's 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 also part of the game, but yeah, it was fun. Do you think the words I guess the Mavs in general said crossed the line tonight, or I guess maybe the simpler action? It's a lot of things that have been said that wouldn't be said outside. Uh, the basketball court. A lot of things that I don't never say, like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not perfect, but I don't say things to guys on court that I wouldn't tell them in their face outside the locker room. I think, you know, it's, just, it's, 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 the, new, it's the NBA, you know, it's, it's uh, no talk. I want to ask about you guys defending Luca in the first quarter and obviously he scored 16 and when you guys aren't switching those big holes, what do you need to do better to, to defend that part? It's obviously great, but... Uh, I think he... He, made, he definitely made some shots tonight. You know, uh, he's... Obviously, he's a, he's a really, really good player. A uh, really unique player. I think just gotta... Yeah, keep, you know, try to... Keep mixing it up. And, and uh, I think I, I could have done a better job. I gotta do a better job when I'm switching out to him. Um, yeah, just do a better job. Uh, try to take away the easy step back and, uh, and then make, just make him work. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a good player. He's a really good player. And uh, tonight he made the shots. I mean, the, the step backs, uh, they were uncontested, but he made them at a high clip. So hopefully next game he's going to miss a few more. And uh, then maybe we'll get a game. So it's part of the game. I mean, he's a, he's a really good player. So we got to... You gotta bring different different coverage in. How much does Spencer Dan would he change things for this team? Um, I mean, it's, it's been great. You know, I've always been a, a fan of his game. You know, he's a guy that really plays the right way. You know, he's always been efficient. And um, and yeah, it's a great addition for them. I think I really think he gives them, a, you know, a, a 
obviously Branson is, is, is another bar handler, but he brings them another pretty big option uh, that can really uh, yeah, create things for, for them. So, so I think it's a great pickup for them. There you go. That's uh, Rudy Gobert. PK saying a number of different things, but uh, Luca and Dallas trying to bait him by saying some stuff when he had uh, picked up a technical foul early in the game. Well, I think so. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that was part of the issue there. You, you could see there was a lot of talking going yeah. on tonight. The Mavs clearly were up for that game. And, you know, you got to make sure you keep your emotions in check. But at the same time, you got to have some resolve to fight back. And so on the 27th, I think they play here in town. And that should should that should be an interesting game because for a regular season game by a team that I can't remember the last time they've been out of the first round, uh, they've got some cockiness to them. There's no question about that. Here's Luca's quote, by the way, asked about that situation with Rudy where he flopped. Luca said, quote, I thought it was the worst, and then I saw it. And it was nothing. We were all laughing on the bench. Okay, yeah, well, that, that's all right. You thought it in the moment, and then you, you see it, and you realize it was nothing. I, I can live with that. And he can say that, by the way, in three other languages because he speaks four. Oh, man, that's something. I don't think he ever thought that it was a big deal. Well, he I was think he flopped demonstrating as such with the well, waving goodbye. Yeah. It reminded me of the jazz guys on the bench the other night at Houston where they kept waving goodbye and they had to do it seven times. Yeah, that did that did happen. <laughs> well, Bogdanovich hit the eleventh one and had to had to wave again. No, I meant the Houston game where they thought they had it one. Oh, and oh, oh I see goodbye. what you're saying. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's like, guys, let's Let's not keep waving goodbye and have Houston come back and try to score. <laughs> it doesn't. It's not supposed to work that way. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, coming up next, we'll get uh, PK's final thoughts on this one before we uh, turn the page as the Jazz fall to the Mavericks tonight, 111-103. Post game is brought to you by our friends at Mark Miller Subaru. And the My Subaru is campaign featuring real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. We'll have more coming up next. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show on the Jazz Radio Network. Bogey in transition. Fires the three. A bogey three. Here's our guy, David Locke, and your play of the game brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service, sales, and selection, LHMauto.com, driven by you. Jazz fall tonight in Dallas, 111-103 to the Mavericks. It's your Jazz game night postgame show. Jake Scott, Patrick Kinahan in tonight for Coach Lacombe. Postgame is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse, and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. The Jazz get 21 points to lead the way from Bogdanovich, who had to play the game right there. 7-11 shooting, 4 of 8 from 3, 3 of 4 from the line. Donovan Mitchell was 17 points and 9 assists tonight. Uh, Donovan 5 of 19 from the field, 2 of 9 from 3. Rudy with a double-double, 12 points, 13 boards. Clarkson with 19 coming in off the bench. The Jazz uh, shot 43% from the field, 39% from 3, 12 of 31. But uh, Dallas got a big night from Luka, 35 points, 16 boards, 7 assists. Spencer Dinwiddie, PK, we've been talking about him a lot tonight, 23 points on 7 of 15 shooting, uh, and uh, really just a, a nice, solid, consistent addition to the Dallas team. He makes them better. Yeah, 7-1 and one since the trade, since he's been on the team. The only loss was to the Jazz a couple of Fridays to go. He's a veteran guy, and you know he knows what he needs to do, and so far he's been doing it. 
Yeah, there's there's no doubt in Dallas is, is playing really well at the the right time. We'll see how they do going into the playoffs. And of course, these two teams have one more game on the 27th uh, to to match up. PK, you've got an early morning uh, coming up tomorrow morning. Of course, we'll be glued to DJ and PK starting at six o'clock. But before that, let's get some final thoughts from you on this one. What are you taking from this game? Well, they weren't good enough. It was back to back. They won't have back-to-back the next time they play them on the 27th, which is a Sunday, but it is also in Dallas. Uh, you, looking at, you look at the schedule now. Uh, they've got uh, one, two, three, four, five, five of the next six at home. The rest of this week, they close out tomorrow, Wednesday night with Portland, who stinks, at San Antonio. I don't care if Popovich is going for a record or not. You ought to beat them. And then you got Sacramento at home the next night. So before you get Milwaukee in next week, and uh, I think you got to get these next three the rest of the week, close out this week strong, a bunch of games. I think five games in seven nights. But you got to suck it up, man, and you got to find ways to win because these games are important now. Yep. Yeah, I think you're totally right about that one. And, yeah, it's going to be a key stretch with certainly some winnable games. And, yeah, that game against Portland on Wednesday. Uh, Portland is is certainly mailing, mailing it in. Uh, PK, when they say tank, that's exactly what Portland is doing. Yeah, do you think Joe will be sitting on the bench for the Trailblazers? Yeah, I don't know. It, that's kind of been a weird situation. He came on your show, what was it, was it last week he jumped week on before. with you guys? Week before. Week before he jumped on with you guys and talked yeah. about how he was going to do some of his rehab up there. They gave him a number and a jersey. And uh, I don't know I don't know what the motivation is there, PK. I thought that would be one of those things where he wouldn't even have to kind of show up. But he's... He's yeah, at least... and he's been tweeting Portland stuff for guys who's had birthdays and whatnot. I think they gave him the number double zero, yeah. which I mm-hmm. assume would be the amount of total games played for the Trailblazers. Yeah, I would assume so too. But I, I thought it was interesting in that interview with you guys. He said uh, he thought if the 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 Jazz, he kind of held out hope that maybe the Jazz would see his value in the locker room and hang on to him. And I guess he's trying to bring some of that value to, to yeah, Portland. Well, Good it was on a him. Financial, financial thing. I it mean, was the thing that he needs to realize is that his contract was traded, as opposed to his value to the team. But I think he has to be loyal to Portland. Portland is paying for his rehab. Portland yeah. is paying his salary right now. And then in the summer, if it changes, well, then you extend your loyalty to the new team. That's the way of the world in the business world. And then, and what a weird circumstance Joe's in. You know, yeah, and he's gonna strange. he lives here with his wife and kids and so forth. But and he was so visible in the community. That that's the way it goes, as he said. Life goes on. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see if he returns and sits on the bench or if he just stays away. I don't know what he's gonna do. But that uh, it's not a must win, but it's a win you have to have because Portland really, as you say, is mailing it in. Yeah, they're trying to lose. So I, well, they're I doing say. a great job of it. Yeah. All right. We want to say a big thanks to Dave Locke and Ron Boone bringing uh, all the action to us tonight from Dallas. Thanks to the broadcast assistants who helped out tonight. Thanks, Jeff Carroll, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Thanks to Mark Miller Subaru, title sponsor of the post game show. And the My Subaru is campaign real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. And PK, thank you, buddy. It's it's always fun doing shows with you, but uh, really appreciate you filling in. And uh, we'll be we'll be glued to the show tomorrow morning. Okay, thanks. I appreciate it. All right, your final from Dallas. Jazz Fall, 111-103. Up next, Jazz take on the Blazers. Coming up Wednesday night here at Vivint Arena. Tip-off will be at 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 7. And, of course, you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.